0: Support for this podcast and the following message come from Wise, the app that makes managing your money in different currencies easy. With Wise, you can send and spend money internationally at the mid-market exchange rate. No guesswork and no hidden fees. Learn more about how Wise could work for you at wise.com.
1: It's state of Ukraine from NPR News. I'm Leila Fadel with NPR's best reporting on a war that's changing the world. President Biden is meeting virtually with Indian Prime Minister Narendra Modi today, part of a diplomatic push to get India to denounce Russia's invasion of Ukraine. The meeting follows Russia's announcement of the military commander of its war in Ukraine, General Alexander Dvornikov. The man is known as the Butcher of Syria. While India has become more aligned with the United States in recent years, it has not condemned Russia's military aggression. Lauren Frayer explains why the world's biggest democracy hasn't taken that step.
2: I can smell the gunpowder in the air. The Ukraine war is getting lots of coverage in India. One of the top Hindi channels here has 3D holograms, of Russian tanks zooming around the studio set. It looks like a video game. But while Western media report on Russia's retreat, this channel is reporting on Russian advances. And the news commentary here about sanctions and diplomacy is also often sympathetic to Russia. Listen to how one of India's most famous TV hosts, Arnab Goswami, opened his show recently. Has
0: isolating Russia as a war tactic what so far? It hasn't. It hasn't. And if there are any Americans watching this tonight, it hasn't. And let me
2: tell you, Americans, it won't. That monologue reflects India's mistrust of the West, its commitment to neutrality and its long-standing friendship with Russia. Columnist Seema Sirohi says that despite some flamboyant TV news personalities, India's debate about Ukraine has actually been more nuanced than what she's experienced where she lives in Washington. Here there is only condemnation. It's bordering on hysteria. And it kind of reminds me in the run up to the Iraq war. It was very depressing to watch US media play the role of cheerleaders. And we know what happened in the Middle East after that war. Watching that, plus having a colonial past, leaves India wanting to make its own decisions. So it has not joined Western sanctions on Russia, neither of most countries other than the relatively rich democracies of the West. The world's biggest democracy is India, and it is still buying Russian oil. Indian officials suggest it's hypocritical of the West to ask them to stop. Here's India's foreign minister, S. Jai Shankar, at a recent event with his British counterpart.
1: If you look at the major buyers of oil and gas from Russia, I think you'll find most of them are in Europe.
2: Now, this isn't only about cheap Russian oil, though that goes a long way in energy-poor India. Russia also supplies fertilizer for crops that help feed 1.4 billion Indians. And Russia has armed India for decades. It's still India's biggest weapons supplier.
3: A lot of people in India still feel that Russia has been a reliable partner to India.
2: Analyst Prane Khotastane says the classic example is 1971, a war in which the U.S. backed Pakistan and the USSR backed India. But that was 50 years ago, and India sees a bigger threat now, China. India and China share a long Himalayan border where soldiers fought two years ago and are still in a standoff. India wants Russia to have its back.
3: So the fear is that if India were to disconnect from Russia altogether, then Russia will not come to India's aid if something happens between India and China.
2: And that's actually something that the U.S. fears too. And so while the West may be dismayed by the world's biggest democracy refusing to condemn the invasion of a sovereign nation, Ukraine, U.S. officials have told India they get it. They understand India's neutrality. And they also understand and share India's real concern about China. Lauren Fryer, NPR News, New Delhi.
1: More than 10 million people are displaced from their homes right now because of the war in Ukraine. And countries and people are welcoming those in need. But those helping the refugees worry about the day people stop caring. One of them is Marian Orsan. He runs a shelter in Bucharest, Romania, and he talked with Michelle Martin.
3: This place was built five years ago, maybe six, and on the initial phase, it was designed to be. Um, a homeless uh, shelter for the winter time.
0: Marian is the executive director of Carousel, a Romanian non profit that provides social services. He's turned what was a secure seasonal shelter for homeless individuals into a comforting and inviting space for arriving Ukrainian families.
3: Of course, uh, it took us some time to redesign all these premises because, in the past, as I said, uh, we used this space for, for homeless people, but now We had to make some changes in order to provide people with more uh, privacy.
0: The shelter is made up of attached shipping containers. Inside, there's one long central communal area with a couple of couches where people can chat, a kitchen at the back, and an area for kids with a tent, toys, and an easel. Private rooms line each side of the building.
3: We try to make the space uh, as comfortable as possible. And uh, I think even more because, you know, uh, there are some needs which some people consider a bit uh, uh, top priorities or not. Uh, For example, we have volunteers which are coming to do the nails for the ladies.
0: Right now, Marianne guesses there are about 32 people staying at the shelter, but the space can accommodate up to 40.
3: We have um, single single persons Mm -hmm. or... Quite large families, so it depends. We have young and elderly. We have um, children, babies. It's very, it's very different. Mm-hmm. We have, for example, families which uh, uh, mean five or four people, mm-hmm. and they are just asking us somehow to put extra beds mm-hmm. because they want to stay in one room, mm-hmm. even the room is very small. Mm-hmm. But they just want to stay together.
0: Is there anything that worries you at this point?
3: Yes, I, I have many worries. What are they? <laughs> That's my specialty, <laughs> to worry a lot. Yes. I'm worried about the fact that people get tired because I'm looking to my colleagues and there is a huge effort done in the last, uh, I don't know, six weeks. Mm-hmm. I'm worried because uh, even organizations, uh, big organizations are...
0: As we are speaking now, many of the kind of world leaders are saying this is going, this conflict is going to go on for some time. It just isn't clear how long. So has there, is there starting to be planning about what to do if people cannot go home? Are the authorities here I, starting to think about I what I don't give a
3: about our leaders and their ideas and about their perspectives and ideas Mm -hmm. and all those stupid Mm -hmm. things. I know that uh, uh, I have to organize this place Mm -hmm. as much as good as possible Mm -hmm. in order to be able to welcome people. Mm -hmm. I have to think about uh, gluten and Mm -hmm. about uh, yogurt without lactose. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, I need to arrange for the lady from the room number 12 to have an appointment for the glasses, Mm -hmm. so that's my priority and I don't really have time to watch news Mm -hmm. and discussions which are, you know, Mm -hmm. meant to do what?
0: Marian isn't interested in the government's response to the refugee crisis because he is used to and actually prefers taking things into his own hands. Today that means figuring out whether the shelter will be able to provide all the electricity his guests need to power their devices.
3: So I invite our leaders to have a talk and maybe they can solve the problem if we need another wire or two.
1: That was Marianne Orsan speaking with Michelle Martin in Romania. State of Ukraine is produced and edited by Milton Govada and Catherine Laidlaw. I'm Leila Falded. Hey, I hear you have a birthday coming up. Yeah, you. If you're listening to this, that means you have a birthday coming up eventually. And here at Life Kit, we
0: want it to be a special one. Magic can happen and good luck can happen and serendipity can happen if we're open to it. How to have a good birthday,
1: even if you're not a birthday person. That's on the Life Kit Podcast from NPR. Jasmine Morris here from the StoryCorps Podcast.
2: Our latest season is called My Way. Stories of people who found a rhythm all their own and marched to it throughout their lives. Consequences and other people's opinions be damned. You won't believe the courage and audacity in these stories.